Okay, well, welcome to Spurbs Herbs episode six. Today we're going to be talking about Shiao San or Rambling Powder. I am your presenter, Dr. Greg Sperber. And uh, first off, I just wanted to apologize. It's been a little while since I've recorded an episode of Spurbs Herbs. And unfortunately, that was because I had um, so I had a loss in the immediate family, and of course, COVID hit, and so uh, with that double slam, I postponed it for a while. But we're back. We're going to be recording every other week, and so keep uh, keep going. And uh, you can look at us on our podcasts, uh, any podcast app. We should be on all of them. If you find one we're not, please let us know. We'll be happy to get on it. And uh, hopefully, you'll you'll stick with us and listen to all our episodes of Spurbs Herbs. So. Today, we are going to be talking about a formula. This is a uh, formula edition of Spurbs Herbs. And the formula is Xiao Yao San, which is rambling powder. So uh, this is probably one of the most commonly prescribed formulas in uh, the United States uh, and in Chinese medicine. Because of that, it's kind of controversial. A lot of people say it's way over-prescribed. Other people say... Um, it's the exact formula that we need for our society. It, as we get into it, you'll see that a lot of the issues it covers are the issues that we actually need to deal with. But let's get into it and figure out why all this controversy. So please, if you want to help support us, uh, you can support us by using the Amazon banner ad on our homepage at www.spurbsherbs.com. That's S-P-E-R-B-S-H-E-R-B-S. Dot com. If you are an acupuncturist, this podcast, as well as many others, are approved for California Acupuncture Board Continuing Education Units and National Certification Commission of Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine, NCCOM, PDAs, or Professional Development Activities, at a reasonable cost at www.integrativemedicinecouncil.org. That's Council, C-O-U-N-C-I-L. That's integratedmedicinecouncil.org. You can also see the, uh, the uh, click-through on the spurbservice.com. We are looking for sponsors for our podcast. If you are looking for effective, super-targeted, personalized advertising with an excellent return on investment, check out the advertising section of either website. All righty, let's get into it. So Chinese medicine is generally predicated on three philosophies slash worldviews slash religions. And, and the reason why I, I do these slashes is because it can be difficult to separate these three by definition. I mean, um, a worldview and a religion is predicated on some sort of philosophy, so philosophy kind of underlies a lot of this. Um, religion, the, the definition of religion is difficult. I used to teach the very first class in the, in the, in the Chinese Medical Master's program and I would always ask my students, what is a religion? And then we'd embark on an interesting conversation of what different people thought was a religion and, and why other people thought that may or may not be true. And the reality is it's, it's difficult to actually define what a religion is. Uh, and, and therefore, you know, it's, it's difficult to separate sometimes philosophies, worldviews, and religions. Personally, I think, especially in the realm of Taoism, which we're gonna talk a lot about today, that there is sort of a philosophical Taoism and there is a religious Taoism. And, and when we get into the religious Taoism, I, I think there's a lot more, um, you know, uh, pomp and circumstance would be the way I'd say it, and uh, a little bit more, um, you know, there's a, there's a little bit more faith involved in that, though there's definitely faith involved in, in uh, a worldview or a philosophy. So again, it gets difficult um, to define these two, so that's why I kind of these three. That's why I kind of lumped them all together. But those three philosophies, worldview, religions that Chinese medicine is basically predicated upon are Confucianism, Taoism, and Buddhism. Those are the three major ones. And we're going to talk about Taoism today. Uh, to talk about all three, you know, I used to do that in at least a three-hour lecture, and that was just describing some of the basics of it. So um, we're just going to do a small little introduction of Taoism today. So, uh, and the reason why we're focusing on Taoism 
is that some have posited that Chinese herbalism is primarily Taoist in origin. This is described by um, Unschuld Paul. Unschuld, who is probably the leading uh, Chinese medical historian. He's not a Chinese medical practitioner. He's a historian and has written a bunch of books on the history of Chinese medicine. And, you know, this the reason why herbalism is primarily thought of as Taoist in origin, there's, there's a, several reasons. Um, one of them is that, you know, the Taoists are actually known to go off into the mountains and meditate. Um, they're, they're considered to be, a lot of them are hermetic, are very, um, they, they like to be alone. And they would as observe nature, and that's where a lot of Taoism comes from. And they would observe animals, uh, sick animals, coming, eating a particular plant, and then getting better. And that's supposed to be sort of the beginnings, the underpinnings of Chinese herbalism. It goes further than that as we get into Taoist, uh, Taoist alchemy. And uh, we're not going to talk about Taoist alchemy today, uh, but there's a, a lot more connection between herbalism and Taoism as well as we move through the ages. But that's sort of the beginning, probably. Uh, so when we talk about Taoism, there are several basic texts in Taoism. Um, you know, some people uh, call them the Bibles of Taoism, though I, I, I don't think that is, a, is correct. But at least these are really important. And probably the most important, the best known, is the Tao Te Ching. Uh, you'll see this spelled, I mean, currently everything's supposed to be spelled in Pinyin, so it's spelled D-A-O-D-E-J-I-N-G, Tao Te Ching. But most people will see it as T-A-O-T-E-C-H-I-N-G. These are the exact same words, exact same pronunciations. It's just one is in Wade Giles, which is a way of, of changing the characters into uh, Roman letters, and the other one is in Pinyin. And both, uh, the Tao Te Ching is attributed to Laozi. Um, and again, you'll see different spellings of this. Uh, LAO is, is always the first word. The second word is uh, TZU in Wade Giles and ZI in, in uh, Pinyin. So currently, the correct way to spell it is ZI, Laozi. And is probably it, and as I said, it's the best known of the basic texts of Taoism. It's a eighty-one chapters, really profound little book. Um, my, my teacher said always uh, have it on your table stand uh, next to your bed, and when you wake up in the morning, just flip randomly to a chapter and read it. And over the years, every chapter will be you'll just as you go through your life, you'll interpret every chapter completely differently um, going through this and. I personally am a big fan of having multiple translations as well uh, because different translations emphasize different things. Uh, so that's the Tao Te Ching. The other really uh, basic text in Taoism, we're going to in just a second, we're going to see how basic text, is um, from an author known as Zhuangzi. Uh, so you will see this again, different spellings. You can see it's C H U A N G, uh, and then the second word, T Z U. That T Z U or Z I, as in Laozi and Zhuangzi, means old teacher is basically what that means. So this means old teacher Shuang and Laozi is old teacher Lao. Um, and so uh, Zhuangzi, um, the opinion is Z-H-U-A-N-G and Z-I. And the thing about Zhuangzi is I find it very enjoyable. It's, it's just a funny book, very profound and some dense philosophical treatises in there, but for the most part, it's a lot of metaphors and a lot of stories, and it's a lot of fun. So together, between Laozi and Zhuangzi, Taoism is sometimes referred to as Lao Zhuang philosophy in reference to these two philosophers. Zhuangzi was believed to have lived from 365 to 290 BCE, uh, so before the Common Era, that's BCE, uh, 365 to 390, uh, so he was about 75 years old, supposedly. And the book attributed to him is called uh, Zhuangzi's Basic Teachings or Basic Writings. You'll see it both ways. And it's actually a compilation recorded around 310 CE, so almost 600 years after he died. Um, so uh, it's, it clearly it was, was not written by him. These writings, uh, so we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get into that in just a second. These writings tend to be parables or fun stories that illustrate basic tenets of Taoism. So a lot of fun. Uh, it's just very interesting. And, and, and let me tell you, you know, you may never have heard of Zhuangzi or the basic teachings, but you've heard these stories. A lot of these parables have come down in time and are just 
a little bit of the fabric of our culture, some of them. And you'll recognize them. You'll have heard of them. And you will never have known that there were drawings as original writings. So, as I said, in, in many ancient texts, the basic writing is probably more of a collection written by students and disciples as drawings of, rather than his actual writings. He, he didn't write these. Uh, you know, like I said, it was 310 CE, so 600 years after he died. So this isn't written by him, but certainly inspired by him. And the writings are often broken down into three sections, the inner chapters, the outer chapters, and the miscellaneous chapters. Generally, the inner chapters are considered to be the most authentic and philosophically useful. And this is where we see why I'm talking about all this today. The first chapter is actually called Xiao Yao. And if you remember our formula, it's Xiao Yao San. So, um, the first chapter, Xiaoyao, it's often translated as free and easy wandering. And you will see that as a translation of our formula that we talk about today, though uh, the textbooks generally trans tra translate it as rambling pouting, which kind of is a much shorter way to say free and easy wandering, rambling. So this chapter, Xiaoyao, chapter, the first chapter, is a collection of parables that illustrate Taoist principles, primarily what is true freedom and the limits of perception. So here's an example, and and you know I'm not going to get into a whole bunch of of uh, breakdown of this. I mean, believe me, there are whole dissertations just written on this chapter. I mean, it, it can be it, we can spend hours just talking about Shia. So I'm not going to do do that. So not a ton of analysis, but I just want to say these names mean something. You know, these names often refer to. Uh, contemporaries that might have a, a different philosophy and they're making fun of them. There's always a little bit of subtle humor in, in this. So these names mean something uh, that I'm going to be doing for the most part. Um, but I'm not going to get into what they mean or don't mean. Again, that's that's can't be controversial and it's sort of, you know, give or take. Like I said, dissertations can look at this. So here we go. This is from the first chapter, Shiao, in Zhuangzi, the basic writings or basic teachings. Jiang Wu questioned Lian Chu, saying, I've been talking to Jiu, and he speaks nothing but tall tales that go on and on without making sense or coming to a point. I found it most alarming. His nonsense stretched on endless as the Milky Way, bearing every which way completely at odds with human common sense. Why? What did he say? asked Lian Chu. He says that Far away on Guyi Mountain, there dwells a spirit-like man with skin like icy snow, lovely and chaste as a virgin. He eats no grain, but sucks the wind and drinks the dew. He mounts the chi of the clouds and wanders beyond the four seas, seas, riding a flying dragon. By concentrating his spirit, he protects things from illness and damage and ripens the fall harvest. So I refuse to believe the crazy things he says. Lian Shu replied, just so. They say a blind man just can't take in beautiful patterns, nor a deaf man the music of bell and drum. And it's not only the physical body that suffers from blindness and deafness, understanding may as well. That perfectly characterizes a man such as you. But a man such as he, with virtue such as his, can roll the world of things into one. Though all in the world seek a way out of its chaos, what business is it of his that you should wear himself down with responsibility for the world? Nothing can harm such a man. Though floodwaters rise to the sky, he will not drown. Though a great drought melt metal and stone and scorch the, earth, the soil and the mountains, he will not be burned. From the mere dirt and dust his body sheds, you can mold a yao or a shun. Why should he agree to take on responsibility for the world? So that is an example of it. Now, to be honest with you, there's clear-cut parables in, in the inner teachings. Um, that one is a little obscure, and is, um, it refers to a lot of Taoism mysticism. So it's, 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 a little, it's a little dense as an example, but Xiaoyao, as the first chapter, is a little dense. Um, but... This gives you an example of, you know, basically what that chapter is saying is like, look, 
what you think you know and what you think you perceive is not really the true world. And, and honestly, that is an underpinning, I think, of Taoism. Of course, I got to, anytime we're talking about Taoism, I got to talk about the very first line in the Tao Jing by Lao Tzu that says, the Tao that can be spoken of is not the true Tao. So anything we communicate is a little off. Um, that's sort of, to me, that's sort of the wonderment and the, the interesting aspects of Taoism. Um, but we, we did our best. That was an introduction of Xiaoyao, the first chapter of the basic teachings. Let's actually move into our formula for today. Again, Xiaoyao. San. Excuse me, San. Those are the, that's the formula. English translation in, in the, there are really two main sources I use um, when looking at formulas and I, I go off from there. Uh, and both of them translate this as rambling powder. Other names you might hear for this are Merry Life Powder, Euclorum and Dongwe formula. Now, when I, one of the issues we have again is we go back to the different ways to translate a character and the sounds of Chinese into a Latin uh, alphabet like we have. And so um, Buplurum and Dongwe uh, formula, some people will say Tangkui formula because it's using the way Giles and it's spelled T-A-N-G Q-U, excuse me, K-U-E-I. So um, it's actually pronounced Dongwe, and the pinyin is D-A-N-G and G-U-I. So it, it actually, in the pinyin, is spelled a lot closer to how we would pronounce it, Dongwe. So even if you see it written Tangkui, it is still pronounced Dongwe. So Buplurum and Dongwe formula, and then Dongwe and Buplurum formula. So exact same things with the same issue with the pinyin versus the way Giles. Uh, it's also called relaxed wanderer powder. Uh, it can be uh, spelled in uh, in the uh, the way Giles. So instead of X I A O, which is pinion, it's H S I A O. So the H S changes the X. The Yao and the San are spelled exactly the same way: Y A O and S A N. And it also can be called rambling decoction rather than rambling powder. And uh, technically in Chinese, this is Xiaoya Tang rather than Xiaoya San. And that's the same formula. It's just decocted as opposed to powder. And we'll actually talk about that a little bit as we talk about the preparation of this formula. This formula is in the category of formulas that regulate and harmonize the liver and spleen. So when we say regulate, we often mean move. Um, it, it, it has an aspect of movement and helps stagnation, depression. We're going to talk about those two words in a little bit. Um, harmonize usually means that it's, it's um, harmonizing between two, two different things. Not always. And it, it generally means a little bit of a more gentle approach to, to um, tonification or movement or something along those lines. So regulate and harmonize the liver and spleen. These formulas will move and, and help um, support the liver and spleen. That's the way to do it. And one of the reasons why this is such a, a, a commonly used formula is this harmonize. It's not what I would say a pushy formula. Um, formulas can go like, okay, you got to do this body, and they're very specific in the movement that it's trying to do in the body. This is a lot less than that. This is like, hey, we're going to help the body do what it needs to do. And if you need a little bit more tonification, you need a little bit more movement, that's sort of how this goes. So it's not as I, what I call as pushy a formula as some others. And we're going to talk about some of those other ones when we talk about some comparisons of Shia and San to other formulas. So let's talk about its Chinese medical actions. What does it do? So the first thing it does is it spreads the liver chi. So this is important. And in, in other books, um, the, the same action is translated as soothes the liver or relieves chi stagnation. And so what it does is the, the liver is, is in charge of moving uh, qi. And so if it doesn't do its job well, then qi stagnates. And that's really what we're talking about here. It spreads, it soothes, it relieves qi, liver qi stagnation. Now, they're using the word stagnation. Uh, there is the dictionary, the practical dictionary of Chinese medicine, doesn't like the word stagnation anymore. And the, and the more accepted word now generally is depression rather than stagnation though um, several books still use the word stagnation depression I think is a little bit more accurate than stagnation but a little bit more of a difficult concept to 
the word stagnation. Um, depression means it's depressed. It's kind of settled in. It's kind of not stuck, but not moving. It's 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 sort of a, a subtler way to go. So generally, when we see stagnation, we the more technically accurate term today, according to uh, the Wiseman Practical Dictionary, is depression. Um, but we will use them interchangeably today, especially since a lot of the books use that term stagnation. So it spreads the liberty. It, the second medical action, Chinese medical action, is it strengthens the spleen. We're going to see why that's so important. And it nourishes the blood. So that's important as well. So those are the three functions that this formula does. And it actually sets this formula apart from a lot of other formulas that may spread the liberty. And other formulas that spread the liberty and may strengthen the spleen. They may not also nourish the blood. So it's an it's a interesting formula with a lot of different effects. Indications for its use include bilateral hypochondriac pain, uh, usually spasmodic, which means it comes in spasms, comes and goes, vertigo, headache, dry mouth and throat, a bitter taste in the mouth, reduced appetite, fatigue, wan complexion. A wan complexion is pale, um, sickly, looks like you're ill, sort of, you know, when you have a bad cold and you just feel out of the flu, you have a wan complexion. And look sick. Um, fatigue. Oh, already have fatigue. Fatigue is in there twice. Um, and then we have uh, lack of appetite, a pale red tongue, and a deficient and wiry pulse. So this is an interesting, a deficient and wiry pulse is an interesting concept because I was always taught that a wiry pulse, by definition, is excess. And so, um, how do you have both a deficient and a wiry pulse? But when you look at this formula, it kind of has that. It's like you, you'll feel the wiry pulse, you'll feel it um, up against your feelings, uh, up against your fingers as you take the pulse, but um, there's not a lot under it, maybe is the best way to say it. There may also be alternating fever and chills. Um, when we talk about alternating fever and chills, we're starting to get into a whole system of diagnosis called uh, the six patterns. And uh, so we're not gonna do that today, but uh, this can be used to treat one of uh, distended breasts or regular menstruation. This is a formula that's used uh, very often for two major reasons. One is emotional stuff. This is definitely a formula that's used in a lot of emotional issues, including depression, anxiety, even schizophrenia. We're going to find out that it's been used to treat schizophrenia. So it can be used a lot for a lot of emotional stuff. And it's also used a lot um, for menstrual complaints and, and gynecological issues. Uh, it's very much a women's health formula, but it's so broad and so useful, it's used a lot in men as well. And men actually tend to a lot of liver chi stagnation as well. So women tend to uh, blood deficiency, so that helps that aspect. And a lot of the issues they deal with has that as part of a, a component of it. Um, and men can tend towards liver chi stagnation, and so it's very useful for this. So this is uh, a really widely used, commonly uh, useful formula. So there are really two main, uh, my two main sources that I use, which are Chen and Chen and uh, uh, Volker Shai, Dan Besky's, Andrew Ellis and Randall Barrelet's formulas and strategies, Chinese herbal medicine formulas and strategies. And we also have um, Chen and Chen's herbal formulas. Um, those are my two major sources. And they actually agree this formula was first published in the Taiping Kui Min He Ji Ju Fang. Um, one of them translates this as the Imperial Grace Formulary of the Taiping Era, and the other as Formulary of the Pharmacy Service for Benefiting the People of the Taiping Era. So um, the interesting thing is, even though they both agree that this is the book that it was first published in, um, the dates are different between my two major sources. One gives the dates as between 1078 uh, and 85, uh, so uh, like a seven-year time span between 1078 and 1085 uh, CE, of course, and the other as 1107. Um, so, you know, maybe 20 years difference, 25 years difference between the, the two sources, which looking back a thousand years is not a lot um, of uh, difference. So they, they come, on, come out in that same, that, that basic time period, around 1100, give or take. So let's talk about its ingredients. Its chief herb is Bucleri radix, or 
Chai, Wu. Uh, so, you know, we haven't really had anything talked about this this herb before. This is a really useful herb in Chinese medicine. We use it a lot. It is a liver. It's it's interesting. It's a liver herb, but it comes in a category. It's in the cool acrid herbs that release the exterior that you would never associate necessarily with the liver. Is in that would be associated with that. Uh, usually, other things like the lung is definitely associated with that category of herbs rather than the liver but this is in that and it's useful we'll, we'll get into a lot of why it's in that category uh so that's eupleri radix is the latin um chai hu is the is the opinion is the chinese and bupleurum is usually the common what they call common bupleurum root and in this formula nine grams are called for as i said this is the chief herb and what it does is it relieves constraint by spreading the liver chi while guiding the entire formula to the liver. It is bitter, cooling, and outthrusting. That's that release the exterior aspect, making it perfect for constrained chi transformed into heat. So it's cooling, it helps the heat. It is outthrusting, so it actually moves constrained chi. That's the important thing. And uh, it says perfect for constrained chi transformed into heat. We do have a saying in Chinese medicine that uh, stagnant chi will always turn into heat eventually. That's, that's, this herb is perfect for that. The next two herbs, Donggui and Baishao, are the deputies and work together to nourish the blood and strengthen the liver, as well as make sure Chai Hu does not damage the liver yin. And it's outthrusting. The Chai Hu can actually put, you know, have the, can damage the blood and fluids as it's outthrusting. And so uh, using Donggui and Baishao protects the yin and the fluids in the blood. So let's talk about these. So the first one is Angelica sinensis radix. That's uh, Angelica sinensis radix, some people will say, uh, which is Dongwei. Uh, and we should be using nine grams of that in this formula. This comes from the tonify the blood category. So you see why it would be really good for nourishing and protecting the blood. And instructions for this formula actually say this should be dry fried. So. Um, uh, the word for dry fried is wei, so wei dong wei. It's important in treating blood deficiency and liver constraint as it affects the chi of the blood. So the interesting thing about dong wei, we, we will often talk about the chi of the blood and the blood of the blood. Um, the chi of the blood is sort of that energetic aspect of the blood. The blood of the blood is sort of the, the fluid aspect of it. So this is works on the chi side of things. So it tonifies the blood but it tonifies it by supporting the chi of it. It's, it's very interesting. So it actually does help that liver constraint because it works with the, the chi, but it does protect the blood. So that's why it's a really useful one. Again, super common herb. In fact, our last Spurbs herbs was on Dongwei. So if you wanna learn more about this amazing, very commonly used herb, um, go check out Spurbs herbs. I believe it's our last one, number five. The other herb in this pair is by Shao, Peony Radix Alba. By Shao, so uh, this is white peony is often the common name for it. Again, we should be using nine grams of this. Actually, the whole formula I think is nine grams until we get to some of the uh, some of the add-on herbs, which we'll talk about in just a minute. And again, this comes from the tonify the blood category. It nourishes the yin, curbs liver yang. So liver yang is when the heat rises and we say things like um, you can get uh, really bad headaches from uh, liver yang rising and things like this. So this and that can happen with the heat and the constraint of the liver so that um, can definitely happen for this formula's effect so curbs liver yang and alleviates pain it's really good for, for pain so that's bye bye shout okay and then we have Look, I'm going to talk before we get into our next two herbs. There's, uh, I want to talk about the first couple lines of the Jingwei Yao Luei, or Luei Fan Yan, Fan Yun. Um, these are the essential prescriptions of the Golden Cabinet. So, this book, along with the Shang Hong Lung, are written um, by Zhang Zhang Jing and are considered, they were once one book and they've been split into two books, but that is considered the first major book on. Formulas. There were other books before then uh, that were that were on individual herbs. So this is the first major book um, that still exists 
that is on Formless. So very important book. And it was written, um, I believe, around 200 CE. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, in the common era, but uh, we're talking 900 years before this formula was, was first published. A very important book. Establishes a lot of the theory and practicality of, of um, Chinese medicine and Chinese formulas. So, uh, the very first couple of lines of the Jingwei Yao says, The master says, treating disease before it arises means, for example, that if you see disease of the liver, you know that it will pass from the liver to the spleen. Thus, you must first replenish the spleen. And this was from uh, Wiseman and Wellman's translation. So, one of the things that, you know, we, we, there's a lot to break down here um, on, on this, but we need to know the relationship between the liver and the spleen. So uh, the liver is an organ of the wood element, the spleen is an organ of the, of the earth element, and we say that, that wood will, uh, in, you know, engenders it will engender the spleen so if there's a problem with the liver it can go over and what we call attack the spleen so that's really important um, that when the liver is excess it will make a spleen go deficient and if the spleen's already deficient it will make a lot worse and have a lot more of a disease process happening in that case and so what this quote is saying is that we know the liver will go and attack the spleen so whenever you want you see diseases liver you also have to treat the spleen and protect it and that's what this formula does really well and these next two assistant herbs serve to protect the spleen from the liver by strengthening the spleen and supports treatment of the blood deficiency so the first of these is, is attractolotus macrocephala rhizoma which is by Jew, nine grams again and this is in the tonified chi category and this is very, it's, it, it tonifies chi, it tonifies the spleen strongly. Um, it's a really good herb for this aspect. And, and the reason why we say, it, it, if you look up Baiju, it doesn't necessarily say that it nourishes the blood. The reason why we say this helps supports the nourishment of the blood is because the spleen is in charge of building the blood. And so if you tonify the spleen, you will tonify, you will help support tonification of the blood, nourishment of the blood. And so Baiju does it that way, by, by tonifying the spleen. Second of these assistant herbs is Poria, or Fu Ling, uh, which again, nine grams. And this is actually in the drain damp category. Um, so uh, it's, a, it's a totally different category, and you would think it'd be a little bit, you know, it'd be draining as opposed to tonifying, but it does support the, the spleen and is, is considered a very spleen-supportive um, herb. We're not gonna get into um, why the, the drain damp fits into that, um, other than to say the spleen helps support um, uh, you know, fluid transformation and, and, and transportation. And so uh, if dampness is often a, a pathology that you'll see when the spleen is deficient. So um, in fact, you can't really have dampness without spleen deficiency. So that's why this is protective and helpful in that category. The a third assistant herb in this formula is Glycericere radix preparata, which is Jir Gan Sao, uh, which is uh, honey fried licorice. So, and we use this, we finally get into a smaller, a smaller dose, this is 4.5 grams. So a smaller dose, usually uh, the, 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 the you know, licorices are smaller doses, uh, and it is in the tonified chi category. Um, one of the things it does, it does tonify chi, and it's, it's useful for that. However, it's often used to kind of harmonize and support other functions of the formula. And uh, in this case, it tonifies the spleen, and with Baishao, moderates spasms. So it helps with that spasmodic hypochondriac pain that we might have with, uh, as an indication for this formula. Um, I, definitely, licorice is either honey fried or, or, or raw, um, gansau or jir gansau, are, are definitely um, probably the most commonly used herbs in our formulas. So that, when you look it up in our books, what the formula of Shaiyosan is, that's the ingredients. You know, we have chaihu, we have 
we have Bai Shao, Dongwei, Bai Ju, um, Fuling, and Jirgan Sao. Those are the ingredients of Shao Sao. And yet, always under that, there's a paragraph on how to take this formula. And in that paragraph on how to take the formula, they always add two more herbs. And these are those two herbs. And they're actually considered envoys. So I am telling you what the envoys, I'm telling you what the assistants and the, and the, and the, uh, you know, the chief herbs, the minister herbs, I'm telling you all that stuff. I gotta be honest, in modern practice, I don't know if that's very useful. And you're gonna find that as we get into this, as we talk more about this formula, they're not very useful in this in this formula either. We're going to be changing out the chief herbs every which way as we discuss different conditions and different modifications of this. So not always the most helpful way to do it. In this formula, I think it's important to understand that Chai Hu is traditionally the chief herb because it kind of explains a lot. But let's get into the next uh, two herbs again. Like I said, you have the formula and then these two herbs are always added in. Um, the first of these herbs is nine grams of zingiberis rhizoma resins. Um, I have here shengjiang, which is fresh ginger. Now, technically, um, as we're gonna see, they actually want this to be slightly dry fried. So it's actually weijiang rather than shenjiang. So it's like fresh ginger, dry fried. And that comes from the warm, acrid herbs that release the exterior. So warm and releasing the exterior herbs, um, which is very different than what we've been doing for the rest of the formula, because the rest of the formula is actually over cooling and um, we're trying to avoid releasing the exterior. So we're gonna see why this is useful and it's not in its necessarily in its release the exterior functionality. The other herb that's always in the bottom of this formula is 4.5 grams of menthehaplocalysis herba, which is bow, huh? excuse me, Bo, uh, which is in the cool acrid herbs that release the exterior. And we're gonna see why both of these herbs are used, right? So one text notes that these last two envoy herbs need to be in these doses and that the Xianjiang should be dry roasted, so Weijiang, and the Boha is at this low dose. Both of these are designed to minimize the acrid exterior releasing effects and allow the Boha to clear liver desegregation. So Boha is at low levels is good for it helps the liver and moves liver at higher levels it releases the exterior we don't want to release the exterior unless there's a pathogen we'll talk about that in a little bit if not done this way the exterior releasing effects may damage in blood if again we were worried about the chai remember if there's too much ex exterior releasing if it's too out thrusting it takes it it, it damages the so, and that's part of the reason why we dry roast this is to kind of minimize that. So, Weijiang harmonizes the stomach and prevents rebellious qi. So, um, we've been talking about spleen, we've been talking about liver, we haven't talked about the stomach. Um, harmonizes the stomach. Stomach's really important. And in Chinese medicine, we talk about the, the uh, organs in yin-yang pairs. And so the liver goes with the gallbladder, but you don't often talk about liver and gallbladder issues. I mean, there are some, um, but it's not huge. But as a pair of yin-yang uh, yin organs, the stomach and spleen are very tightly paired together. Um, and they, the spleen is considered, you know, you know very, uh, the stomach is considered very much, uh, is the yang organ, but it's, it's considered to have a, um, similar effects as yin organs. And the spleen is very yin organ and it has some yang aspects to it. So as a yin-yang pair, the stomach and spleen are tightly, uh, tightly bound together uh, in Chinese medicine. Now, um, this may not make a whole bunch of sense in, in Western thought uh, because the spleen and the stomach aren't attached at all. But when you get into, you study this some more and I am a firm believer that this is the case. If you look at, like I think there was a, a book that came out in the 16 or 1700s in China, uh, Anatomy, and it talked about the tail of the spleen um, and if you know the spleen, it's like an odd shaped balloon. There's no tail to it whatsoever. But right under the spleen, under the spleen is the pancreas. And that is triangular shaped, um, almost pyramidal. And um, very flat pyramid. And that would be, a, and it's right under the spleen. And so if you look at the functions of the spleen in Chinese medicine, the functions of the spleen are, are kind of a mixture of what the spleen does and what the pancreas does. 
And so I, when I think of spleen in Chinese medicine, I always think of the pancreas. And so um, if you look at this, harmonizes the stomach, um, and now you understand the pancreas. The pancreas and the stomach are right there. They both um, dump into the duodenum of the, of the uh, small intestine. They're both really important in digestion. So that makes a lot of sense that they would be very similar to each other and, very, and help each other quite a bit. Boha enhances Chaihu's ability to relieve liver constraint and disperse heat associated with constraint. Remember, Boha is cooling um, and external releasing. So it disperses the heat and relieves the liver constraint. So those are the last two herbs in this formula. And like I said, they're always kind of out of the footnote to this formula, but important. So administration, uh, traditionally we grind into a powder, uh, take six to nine grams as a draft with Wei Jiang and Boha. A draft is where you just put the powder in a cup and you add hot water, you let it steep for a few minutes and you drink it. Um, the other source says to grind the ingredients coarsely, cook with Wei Jiang and Boha until the liquid is reduced 70%. So you, you reduce it a little bit. Um, and generally today, I think in, in most cases, we just use it, we prepare it as a general decoction, we boil it, sometimes we'll do boil, double boiling it. At some point we'll talk about how to prepare decoctions uh, with the dosage specified. So there you go. Um, if you look at more traditional dosing of it, it it's, it's like add 30 grams of everything and, and powder it. And so ultimately it doesn't really matter. We're kind of ending up with the same, with uh, similar sort of uh, aspects to this the end of the day so that's how we administer it so let's talk about some commentary on this and this is such a commonly used formula but there's lots of commentaries on its use uh, this formula is considered a variation of sinison which is frigid extremities powder I'm emphasizing powder because there's a form there's another formula called sinitang or frigid extremities decoction and it has completely different effects to this frigid extremities powder. Um, I always remember the difference because the decoction is hot and warm, so it warms up. This is a powder and it has no temperature to it whatsoever. So that's how I always remember the difference. One is a uh, very warming formula. It's in a category of warm the interior. And this one is in the same category as Shia Sun. So it's, uh, you know, harmonize, regulate and harmonize this, the and it's, this formula is, the Shayasan is widely used in internal gynecological medicine. Sidisan shares the ingredients of Chaihu, Baisha, and Jirgansal, so the, the uh, Bupurum, the, the white peony, and licorice, dark red licorice, but adds Chao Shir, or Aranti Fructus Immaturus, and Chao means um, fried, you know, um, again, dry fried, that's another word, whey or Chao. Um, slightly different techniques, but very similar. So it's, it's uh, dry fried jersher, which is in the regulate chi category and is much more specific uh, herb to, to move chi, to, to help liver chi stagnation depression. Uh, its actions include venting pathogens, spreading the liver chi and releasing constraint and regulating the swing. So it kind of sounds similar to what we're talking about. We didn't talk a lot about venting pathogens in Shiosan but it does spread the liver chi and release constraint like Shia Sandan and it regulates the spleen. Well, hence it's in the same category, regulate and harmonize the spleen and liver. Um, what it doesn't do is nourish the blood. That's the big difference between Sinisan and Shia San. So, and one of those areas that, you know, I said this is a somewhat of a controversial formula. Um, I remember taking a uh, course uh, with uh, Craig Mitchell, who uh, has written a translation of the of the um, the um, Shanghan Lung, and which is a great translation. I love that translation of Shanghan Lung. And he was saying he didn't like Shiaosan. Uh, he always used Sinisan instead. And the reason why is if Shiaosan is helpful for the patient. He didn't know what aspect of Shiosan was helpful. Was it the liver uh, constraint moving? Was it the spleen harmonizing? Was it the blood? Was it all of it together? But if you use Sinisan, which doesn't have that nourished blood, it just works with spleen and liver, 
he had, and it worked, then he knew he, he didn't have to worry so much about the blood. If it didn't work, then he knew he needed to do something different, and it wasn't, it might involve the blood and everything. In other words, it was a more useful formula for confirming his diagnosis. So that's why he preferred Sinisan over Shaiosan. He just thought that Shaiosan had too much um, stuff going on for him to really know exactly you know, why it was so useful or not. Now, I just want to, I don't want to take these words out of his mouth or anything. I mean, it's probably been 15 years since I've, I've seen, you know, I, I took this with him. I, we all grow a lot over the, over as practitioners over the years. So I have no idea if he still thinks this way or not, but back then that was his, his thought process. So moving on, um, that's Sinisan. And we're going to talk a little bit more about why you would choose Sinisan uh, versus Chayosan uh, when we do comparisons. But I want to talk about three basic liver treatment principles as described in the Yellow Emperor's Classic of Medicine. So if you're not familiar with the Huangdi Neijing, this is, I, I like to call it the Bible of Chinese medicine. It's the first existing, existent, you know, we have it currently, um, book on Chinese medicine. It's mostly on acupuncture, less on herbs, um, but still used and, and studied and very important. So in that book, it says, the nature of the liver is to disdain constriction. Thus, one should consume sweet tasting herbs to soften it. Uh, second principle, that's the first principle. Second principle, the first principle is sweet tasting herbs to soften the liver. Second principle, those who suffer from liver illness respond to dispersing methods. One must therefore use pungent herbs. So pungent herbs <coughs> are those acrid herbs, are those spicy herbs, those are all synonyms. So one must therefore use spicy pungent herbs in order for, dis for the liver to disperse. That's the second principle. Sweet tasting herbs to soften it, uh, pungent herbs to disperse it and finally third principle if they need tonification pungent tonics must be used for more fortification if they need sedation sour herbs should be used so again it's it's talking about pungent herbs and also sour herbs. now when we're talking about these flavors these are what the herbs actually are these are the flavors of the herbs that we're talking about in this and uh so we're going to see why this is important why we're talking about this all three of these flavors are in our formula Shiosan, simultaneously treating excess and deficiency in the liver and spleen. We have, you know, the, the sweetness that is, um, uh, is uh, softening, soothing. We have the pungency, we have the pungent tonics, we have the sour, it's all in there. And why this formula is a very interesting formula. It hits all three of these principles that are in the Huangdi Neijing or the Yellow Emperor's classic of internal medicine. Qinbo Wei, which is a, a more modern um, practitioner, and again, this is translated by Scheid, explains this strategy. When the liver and spleen are both deficient, wood cannot dredge earth. Remember, I said um, wood and earth and, and the elements are important. Wood um, helps the earth by dredging it. So think of it, I like to think of it as like a wooden hoe or something along those lines. If the liver is unable to dredge and drain to facilitate an orderly qi dynamic, if the spleen is unable to strengthen the transportative functions and generate transformation, we say the function of the spleen is transportation and transformation. Um, if the spleen is unable to strengthen the transportive functions and generate transformation, the manifestations of constraint take shape. For this, one cannot simply write our formulas that dredge the liver. In other words, you have to take into account the spleen and the other aspects. You can't just concentrate on the liver. So here lies another, albeit small, controversy of this formula. According to the contemporary formula expert, Wang Mianzhi, again, as related by Scheid et al., uh, if constraint arises from liver deficiency, then Dongwei and Baishao should be the chief herbs of this formula. So because those are the tonifying herbs and they both affect the liver. So those should be the chief herbs, not Chai Hu, which is more about getting with that constraint and cooling. Remember, it's a cooling herb. So <clears throat> it says if you're actually trying to do 
the constraint from liver deficiency, then Dongguan and Baishao should actually be the chief herb. So interesting, he switches those chief herbs. I told you there was going to be some funky going on with the chief herbs. In the past, given the connection of this formula of blood and emotions, so again, I said this is a very emotional treatment, and there's a lot of blood nourishing in this, it can be associated and used for menstrual complaints. Now, this is sort of a derogatory bullet point. Um, basically, what this is saying is that um, blood we often associate with women because of the menstrual cycle, they, have, they usually have a lot of stuff happening in the blood, much more so than men do, and women tend to be emotional, so this is a great formula for menstrual complaints and all that sort of stuff. So it, that's where that kind of comes from in the past. Modern, of course, we don't, we don't do that so much. It is very much a male formula as well as a female formula, and uh, it is very much used for both sexes. So um, it, it, I, I don't know why I put that in here. It's part of the commentary in Chide, and I, and I thought it was interesting that this connection with the blood and the emotions is important because emotions are important. I'm, that's one of the things I, I treat a lot of is, is emotional stuff. That's my, my, that was my emphasis in my doctoral program. And so um, this is definitely one of my, my go-to formulas for a lot of different emotional stuff. And so um, I wanted to get in that emotional aspect as we talk about this formula. Another contemporary use is in the case of pathogens that have invaded a deficient person. So you can have a pathogen that comes in and it can be effective for spontaneous sweating caused by liver deficiency. So liver is, is implies, when this happens, it implies a disharmony between the nutritive and the protective or the yin and the wei qi, a condition that may be present in allergies, recurrent infections, and not being able to release lingering pathogens. Um, these qi's are important, the, the nutritive and the uh, protective qi. Uh, the nutritive qi is what kind of helps the nutrients go around the body and help support the body. Protective qi is sort of our, our layer of protection outside, just outside of our body or just on the out, uh, you know, the edge of our body is the protective or wei qi. And so when those are in disharmony, they don't support each other and you can have recurrent infections. Um, allergies are often there and not being able to release lingering pathogens. Let's add some more controversy to the chief herb um, issue. Uh, so modern physician Zhang Yao Qing says that when treating a blood deficient patient with a pathogen stuck in the exterior, in other words, you're not able to, it doesn't go interior and you're having trouble getting it out um, from the exterior, the actual chief herbs are Boha and Xinjiang with an increase uh, in dosing. So you increase the dosing of the Boha and the Xinjiang and you're now stepping out of the supportive function and more into that let's get rid of the release the exterior function of this and so then we again change the chief herbs if that's what we want to do but that's a modification of the basic formula again in treating blood deficiency with internal heat so blood deficiency is a bigger issue in, the, in, the, in internal heat rather than liver cheese stagnation the chief herbs should be boha uh, which releases you know which cools very cooling and gan sao which is good for deficiency those should be the chief herbs so Again, a lot of controversy over the chief herbs, which is why I don't think a modern usage is very useful. We still still tested on this stuff, the chief herbs, um, uh, on exams and things, so we do need to know it, but they're not emphasized. Uh, so some more co uh, commentary on this formula. The use of chai hu as the chief herb can be explained by the by the use of shayosan for treating patterns with a constraint of yangqi. This yang qi is the ministerial fire that is thought to be under the liver's control. control. So again, um, we are looking, constraint of yang qi in this fire, it's, there's heat involved in this. Deficiency of blood enables this constraint and leads to yang excess. So the blood is not cooling the yang, so you have excess yang. Historically, uh, Stellaria radix or yin chai hu, which is totally different than bufurum, and chai hu were indistinguishable historically so you know a long time ago Wang Lian Zhe believes uh, Yin Chao is a more appropriate choice in cases of blood deficiency leading to deficiency fire than um, actually Chai Hu so he takes this to heart this actual uh, indistinguishability all right let's talk about some modifications uh, many modifications are listed for this formula a common modification or variation is Hei Shaiyasan or black uh, Shiasan black rambling powder 
And all it is is adding Romania radix preparata or Shudiwan for more severe blood deficiencies. So um, if blood deficiency is more severe, you add this. I like this as a modification. I use this quite a bit. Uh, the other one that's very common, commonly used modification or variation of Shayasan is the augmented rambling powder, Jawe Shayasan, also called Donjur Shayasan. And you'll see why John Donjur in just a second. And this adds Mouton Cortex or Mouton P and dry fried Gardenia Fructus, uh, Gardenia fruit, um, Chow Jirza. So Don Jirshaya refer to the Mouton P and the Jirza uh, being added to it. And it's used when constrained chi transforms into heat. So if there's a lot more heat going on, then you want to add these herbs and you use the augmented rambling powder. Again, both of these are very commonly used variations of Shayasan. Laws and Wolf in uh, their book, The Successful Chinese Herbalist, which is a small book and I love it. I, I got a, some really profound, I read it at a time in, in my, um, my practice. Uh, I've been practicing for a while and I just realized I was using fewer formulas and I was going, what do I need to do? Do you need to go back to the books and read, you know, and, and this actually explained that I, a real master um, uh, herbalist will use fewer formulas and just heavily modify those formulas for the individual patients. And so it's more about modifications. And so that really helped me and uh, allowed me to dive more into those formulas that I did use often and, and, and look at some stuff as well as looking at other aspects. I'm always trying to get better at uh, Superb's Herbs uh, podcast. It helps me as well. So Flaws and Wolf in their book, Successful Chinese Herbalist, described 53 modifications of this formula. These include three variations for qi deficiency, three for vaginal discharge and for insomnia, four for abdominal distension and many other conditions, including several for different types of menstrual complaints. So tons and tons and tons of modifications are available for this uh, formula and uh, way too many for us to go into in a one hour uh, podcast. So let's get into some comparisons. We have Frigid Extremities Powder, Sinisan. I've been telling you we're going to compare these. And Shayasan, they both treat liver chi constraint with liver spleen disharmony and share similar presentations and symptoms such as hypochondriac pain and distension, alternating fever and chills, headache, dizziness, mouth and throat dryness, and menstrual irregularity. How do we tell the difference? Here's how we tell the difference. Sinisan treats the excess condition with the Minister of Fires constrained in the interior. Shayasan treats mixed excess and deficiency where liver chi constraint and blood and chi deficiency amplify each other. So if you have chi constraint, then the blood and the chi can't move effectively, can't do its job, so it gets worse. As the blood and chi get worse, then the liver chi, there's not enough chi to push the liver chi, so the constraint gets worse. So it's a downward spiral when all this happens together. That's Shayasan. Sinisan is without the deficiency. It's only in excess conditions. Another comparison is with escape restraint pill, Yuejiwan. Uh, Both that and Shayasan treat liver chi constraint, especially those with a strong emotional component as a cause and or effect. So it either caused by emotion or is uh, emotions are affected. Yuejiwan is in the category of formulas that regulate chi, moves both chi and blood is only for excess conditions. Additionally, with Chai Hu as the chief herb, Shayasan is more suitable for constraint that has transformed into heat, which is basically the same as Yang Chi or Ministerial fi Fire Constraint. Yue Juan has Saipiri Rhizoma, Xiang Fu as its chief, and is more useful for a more substantial form of depression or stagnation of Qi that may extend from the Qi into the fluids and possibly blood. So they, they, can, they can affect the blood, but in Ye Juan, it's an excess condition of the blood of stagnation of depression, it's not moving properly, while well, Shayasan is deficiency. So it's that um, we want to make sure that uh, there's the excess deficiency aspect happening here as well with some heat. That's Shayasan as opposed to Yuejiwan. It doesn't really treat heat at all, Yuejiwan, other than uh, restraint. Okay. Uh, another one uh, commonly used Euphorum powder to spread the liver. Chaihu Shugansan and Shayosan are among the most commonly used formulas to treat liver chi stagnation. Chaihu Shugansan focuses solely on liver chi constraint and is suitable in conditions with severe stagnation. Shayosan 
treats liver cheese saccination with blood and spleen's acuity is weaker as a cheese dispersor but more nourishing. Chiasan is more appropriate for deficiency patients and or for long-term use. So again, we have that deficiency aspect here. Some biomedical indications for uh, this formula, Chiasan. This formula is used for quite a few different biomedical conditions, often broken down into two main categories. Those affecting the gastrointestinal system, including hepatitis, cirrhosis, cholecystitis, which is uh, gallbladder, uh, gallstones, uh, peptic ulcer disease, and chronic gastritis. Gynecological disorders are the second main category, including premenstrual and perimenopausal syndromes, fibrocystic breasts, pelvic inflammatory disease, and uterine fibroids. Additionally, it is used to treat goiter, which is an enlarged, uh, enlarged uh, thyroid gland, schizophrenia, depression, anxiety, optic neuritis, cataracts, and diabetes. So I wouldn't consider this one of the first things to think about with diabetes. Some Chinese studies as reported by Chen and Chen report the following effects. Uh, liver cheese stagnant, stagnant, schizophrenic, and psychotic patients had quote-unquote satisfactory results in two small human studies. Modified Chiasan was shown to be effective in treating depression in the human study with 60 subjects. Similar results were shown in studies of neurosis, premenstrual syndrome, menstrual pain, regular menstruation, menopause, lactation difficulties, or chitis, which is an uh, inflammation of the, of the scrotum, um, prostatitis, an, you know, an inflammation or enlargement of the prostate, gynecomastia, which is uh, where um, it's uh, breast, irregular breast uh, tissue, uh, often affects men, is when they have that. Female infertility, sexual dysfunction and impotence, hepatitis B, cirrhosis of the liver, cholecystitis, again, that's gallstones, irritable bowel syndrome, hyperlipidemia or excess, um, fats in the you know cholesterol and, and fats in the, in the blood and optic nerve atrophy now all these are, are listed they were all small studies uh, clinical studies uh, they all point to positive um, there's a lot of issues I think with some some Chinese studies so we need to be a little bit cautious of these but they indicate something um, to me they indicate more than anything else that more research is probably is going to be very useful so here are two really good ones. Uh, the first one is a meta-analysis. Again, uh, we're not gonna get into it, but meta-analysis are, are really kind of the pinnacle of, of scientific evidence. Um, meta-analysis states that modified chiosan may be more effective than prokinetic drugs in treating functional dyspepsia. Um, so dyspepsia is, is um, pain in the stomach and, and digestion. Though the evidence remains weak due to publication bias and methodological flaws, methodological flaws. Similarly, a, system, a systematic review, systematic review is not quite as strong as a meta-analysis, but damn close, showed potential benefit in using Shiosan in the treatment of depression, but more rigorous trials need to be undertaken due to methodological, methodological issues. So they, they're always gonna end with that. I think there are more methodological issues in both of these uh, analyses and reviews uh, than in most. So definitely take this to heart that it's not fully there, but it's getting there. There are some drug-herb interaction issues that we, we do need to be aware of. Don Gui inhibits cytochrome P453A4, while Gan Sao induces it. So um, the Angelica uh, inhibits and the licorice induces it. The, we're not going to get into cytochrome P453A4. Let's just face say that that's one of the the three or four main issues we have in drug-herb interactions, and I have lots of other CDs that get into that quite a bit. Same with our next bullet point, which is Dongwei inhibits P-glycoprotein, which is a newer issue coming up in drug-herb interactions, and um, don't want to get into it, but it's definitely something we need to be aware of that Dongwei inhibits it. A large study showed that Chai Hu, in combination with several other herbs, showed increased adverse effects when combined with um, clozapine, quietiapine or lanzapine. Uh, these are all anti-epileptics. Uh, that is some decent evidence. I believe it's level B, uh, which is pretty high level evidence. Uh, a is the highest. Um, so we should be aware of that. The problem is that it's in combination with other herbs. So um, is it the chai hu? Is it the other herbs? Or is it the combination that's causing these effects? We don't know. There are quite a few potential drug-herb interactions, but most are level D evidence, which is the lowest level of evidence. So I, I'm not getting into those. Um, generally, many herbs potentially interfere with anticoagulants, especially dongwei and ginger. 
which uh, is level C evidence. Gone cell may increase blood pressure, again, level C evidence. So what are the concerns of this formula? So the, the first concern is chai who dredges the liver and vents heat. Therefore, this formula is not appropriate for treating purely deficient conditions. You need to have some heat, um, you need to have some excess in order to use chai who. Otherwise, you're gonna damage the deficiency more. Should be used with caution during pregnancy. One of my source texts said that, the other one didn't mention it. So um, take that with a little bit of grain of salt, though I think a little extra caution during pregnancy is always warranted. And should be used with caution in cases of chi stagnation with underlying liver and kidney yin deficiency. So, um, you know, the blood deficiency is good, but if you're getting into the yin deficiency, there are formulas that are better suited. Um, one of the ones is Yiguan Yan or Linking Dagoxin is one to look at in that case. So that is our episode. That is Shaiosan. Thank you for joining me. We're, we're going on a little over an hour at this point. Appreciate it. We got through a lot of information that hour. Uh, fascinating formula. Love this formula. And yet controversial at the same time. So next week, our next episode, not next week, in two weeks, our next episode is really interesting. It's the first time at Sperbs Herbs we will actually be looking at and exploring an entire category of single herbs. Herbs that warm and release six years. So we're going to talk about what that means, why we would want to warm and release elixir, what are some of the conditions and treatments and all that sort of stuff, and then what are the herbs that are involved in that. Not single herbs, the whole category. It's the first category most Chinese herbal practitioners learn, and we're going to learn about it in two weeks. Thank you so very much. I want to remind you that when you buy from Amazon, please use the banner ad on our homepage at spurbsherbs.com. You can always get in touch with me at drgreg at spurbsherbs.com. So it's D-R-G-R-E-G at Spurbs Herbs, S-P-E-R-B-S, H-E-R-B-S dot -E com. Or at our website at www.spurbsherbs.com. Spurbs Herbs. The proceeding was presented by Dr. Greg Sperber. We would like to thank Janelle for all her support and everybody else who contributed to this program. Janelle. Janelle. Timothy, Timothy Dobbins. Dobbins. Rogers. Campbell. 